everybody. This is Jean Beauvoir, and you are listening to Tom and Zeus on Shout It Out Loud Cast. Oh boy. Here we go. Oi. This is Gene Simmons. Put that cookie down. Yes. Stop pressing the button. Star Simmons. Star? Balls Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh no, here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay. Alright. But it grabbed me a nice cold mellow why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Because the fuck will clap for Talking about 617 You do? Hey, fuck Do you like this? Settle down. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 264, 50th anniversary of the Kiss debut album. Yes, it's time for some celebration here after a huge week last week, which we'll get into. You say celebrate good times. Come on. What do you call what, what do you call cool in the gang? <laughs> the safest black band for white people. What are you oh, talking I'm, about? I listen to Cool in the Gang. I, I like. <laughs> hey, friend, do you have any Cool in the Gang back there? What are you talking about? I like Cool in the Gang. I'm a fan of Wayne Brady. <laughs> I was just at Def Jam <laughs> listening to Wayne Brady. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tom, last week we had a little bit of fun. Yes. To to put it mildly, we had original KISS member Ace Fraley. Did, you, did we say it right? Oh, Tom? wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Let, let's how do you say it correctly? Because you if know I we, say it the real way, Ace Oh, okay. Fraley. Okay. Ace Fraley. You know, because we had like a spectacular interview. The feedback's been phenomenal, but certain people were a little bit peeved by the way we pronounced his name. Specifically me. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. I'm glad that was your takeaway from the episode. <laughs> oh, man, the feedback is phenomenal. We're going to yeah. get to a lot of it, but today's going to be a fun kiss discussion. Yes. Uh, feedback, uh, debut album, what's in the news. You're going to, this is just, I like when it's just me and Tom sometimes and we just have a back and forth about kiss, yep. the music, and uh, all the nonsense that comes along with being a fan of this band bitching about something i'm sure we'll come up with something yeah i'm sure there will be a rant in here somewhere but oh yeah anyway tom last week after our interview we put up a poll what was that so we asked everybody what was their favorite part of the interview with ace obviously no wrong answers so the options were talking about Ten Thousand volts talking about phantom of the park talking about his songs with kiss or talking about Gene and Paul and Vinny. And no surprise. Talking about Gene, Paul, Vinny. That got 54% of the poll. 21% was him talking about his music. 17% was talking about Phantom of the Park. And only about 9% wanted to hear about the new album. Now, that doesn't mean that the album is 
indifferent or irrelevant. But I think when you got Ace, people want to hear classic stories from Ace. I think it's because that's all he's been talking about in yep. social media. Everyone hears everything about 10,000 volts. They wanted something different. That's all. Exactly. And as Zeus said at the top of the episode, the feedback was beyond phenomenal. And we can't thank you enough for that. And, you know, we're going to try to get through some of the stuff here. The comments were spectacular uh, on across all of our social media. So we'll we'll chip away at a few. Our good friend Amber Fiber Magic Queen. Oh, my God. For once, I'm speechless. Amazing TNZ. Thank you. A great interview. That's it. My words are gone. And then Kevin's on fire goes the ace cult when this episode dropped. And then it's a picture of Peter North in a moment of pleasure. Okay. It's a nice visual right there. Sam Weller. Great interview by far the best one that has emerged out of the 10,000 volts media push. Thank you. That is a great compliment yeah that is a really great compliment uh, it's it's amazing uh let's see what else we got here oh. <laughs> this is awesome bruno mcdonald big fan of the show he goes zeus uh-huh. and then in quotes ace tell us about your song save your love and then he has a gif ace responds i have no idea what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> oh my god too funny julian james awesome interview though i'm sure like many took me a few minutes to wonder if this was really ace or just you guys talking i love that too that's great christopher hamilton you guys rose to the moment great interview yet my favorite moment was zeus telling ace he needs to call it the shed great working (laughs) and inside joke so seamlessly that was pretty funny that was good stuff yeah, see, that's how you do it. I'm sorry. I, I I get constructive criticism. Here it comes. But there are certain things that people were like would say to us, like, yeah. well, I'm disappointed you didn't, you know, bring this up, or you didn't say to him, Hey, uh, your 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 girlfriend uh has been hogging the social media limelight, or yeah, that, how come that, you didn't give him shit about that? Like, that, dude, that's not how this works. Yeah. I mean, again, how many times have I said this? Go on YouTube, find out how to create a podcast like me and Tom did in 2018. Yep. And do it. Create your own fucking show. And then you get a big guest, an original member of Kiss on. And then you fucking go and sabotage that whole fucking interview and have it end by fucking asking them that. So that one person out of like a thousand comments can be happy because they, they were disappointed you didn't ask them. And guess Fucking and guess shit on his girlfriend in front of us. And guess what? When you go and do that, that's the end of your show because you will never, ever get a guest on your show ever again. Yeah. If you, when if if when you do get a big ticket guest like Ace, you use that time to attack his loved one, his girlfriend, in in, in meaningless minutia that no one cares about. That's yeah. not how you do it. This isn't Howard Stern in the late eighties. Fucking no. bring people on to attack them. We don't do that shit. Okay, if we get Paul on, do you think I'm going to fucking call him pandemic Paul to his face? No. Like, are you what the fuck is wrong with certain people? And like, if you get and, and if you want to call us traitors, that word's been used <laughs> because, because, because we had Ace on A and B, we didn't like shit on him and ask him if he wanted <laughs> cashews and and tell him to get back in my shed. Do you guys have any idea how this works? 
Yeah. So it, you have no idea behind the scenes what we have to do and where we go and how we pitch and try to get guests on this show. Do you think anybody's going to want to work with us or come on our show if they hear we had fucking Ace on and we shit on him? Right. And then, they, and then he hangs up and we're like, yeah, how cool was that, Tom? Huh? Huh? Yeah. That was great. That was he great. Made fucking Danny from the basement fucking real happy with that. Oh, yeah. oh, this isn't oh. the fucking wire line from the fucking big O. <laughs> There's a there's a Boston sports radio reference for you out there. Oh, just some fucking people. All right. Good. I like how we seamlessly wedged in that rant in the middle of Twitter feedback. Oh, just there's so many other million comments out there that were so complimentary. Yep. And then there's always a couple criticisms that you'll take to heart. But mm, okay, maybe he's got a point. And yeah. then there's just fucking idiots. Yeah. Idiots. Well, here's a good one. This is from a uh, miserable music man. Oh. So this is a good one. This comes from Miserable Music Man. Is that Tony Musalem's uh, no. account? I, I don't know who this is, uh, but he chimes in every once in a while. When he does, he comes out with just guns blazing. I mean, if there, anybody should have a, na- a name like that, it should be Tony. No, Tony's not that miserable. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, wait, let's hear the comment. I'll tell you. Okay, so he says, wow, amazing job, guys. This was awesome and hilarious as expected. In the last month, you've had Ace, the guys from Skid Row, Rudy Sarzo, Brit Lightning, Zach Throne. These other shows are giving people a tour of their basement and emptying out their Kiss junk drawers. <laughs> Bravo, boys. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I was boy. waiting for the fucking <laughs> hammer to drop. I'm surprised he hasn't oh. hit us. Jesus Christ. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay, and... <laughs> I can't. I don't know if anybody can tell. It's, I'm on week four of battling COVID right now. Uh, let's wrap up Twitter with uh, this one. Mark Schull. This has got to be the best episode ever. Ace is the reason so many of us got into Kiss in the first place. And if we play guitar, the reason we ever picked it up. Yes, sir. I'm a charter member of the Ace cult. Ace has had his problems, but remains true to himself and to us. All right, before we pass it off to you, Zeus, I got one more thing I wanted to read because sometimes it's hard for us to remember and to see when people retweet us and quote because we can see comments, but sometimes we forget about the retweets. But I didn't want to forget about this one. This comes from Nicholas Caruso. He's a member of uh, the great Right Between the Eyes podcast. We talk about those guys. Great guys. Fun Kiss podcast. Check them out. We talk about them every once in a while. He retweeted us and he said, gentlemen. As a fan of KISS for close to 50 years, I say to the both of you, that was by far the best interview with Ace Frehley I have heard. You touched on every single topic a true fan would ask for. Bravo, mic drop for sure. Well, Nick, honestly, thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Much appreciated. And again, guys, they got a great, fun show, fun KISS stuff. Check them out. They touch on a bunch of different things. And Nick, thank you for that. Really appreciate it. All right, Tom, let's move over to the book of face. And I'm trying to hit. I mean, if I was going to just say congrats, the congratulations. Yeah. I mean, we got some from the tax man, Anthony Barone, Mick Watkins, Kevin Litton, uh, Keith Roachford, uh, Michael Farrell, Scott Wheeler, Jason Warden, Paul Macca. Um. You know, well, that's the thing. That's one of the things I wanted to say just real quick is that, you know, we, we, we so appreciate the great feedback and that you guys enjoyed the episode, but was really nice and 
I don't know, humbling, I guess, for lack of a better word, was for you guys to say how much you actually enjoyed the way that we conducted the interview with Ace and that you enjoyed the back and forth. And that means a lot to us because we really we, we wanted this to be as great as it could be. So we thank you for that. So listen to a couple of these comments here, like Keith Rochford, who's always been really kind to us. Yes. Stellar interview. Another top notch performance. TNZ always makes their guests feel welcome and comfortable to the point where it's no longer an interview, but a conversation among friends. No one was phony. What an episode and a hell of a year already. Awesome job and congratulations. Yeah, Keith, amazing. Thank you, buddy. Really. That's exactly what we do when we try to interview. And that's why when we always end the interview and we'll come on after and be like, wow, how lucky are we? These people have been just turning out great. Is because we try not to be like the generic question. What got you into music? And just let somebody ramble. I don't give a fuck what got somebody into music. I want to know. Who does he think is Ozzy's best guitarist? I yeah. want to know, okay, when you bought fucking um, Kiss Alive, did you go to that more or did you go to Kiss Alive too? Like yeah. fun well, stuff for me. Well, like Keith, like Keith said, we, we want to turn it into like a conversation and make the person feel like that we're all just kind of hanging out talking about Kiss, not like, okay, you ask the question. Okay, I'll ask the question. Okay, you ask the question. It's like, let's just kind of shoot the shit and let's see where it goes. I mean, Zeus and I, when we do an interview, we prepare for it. We have our questions that we want to make sure we get asked. And then after that, it let's run free with it. I don't think I, other than this ace was the first time I ever wrote anything down. Yeah. And that was just because it's ace. And if I, if I was worried, if we don't steer him in the right way, we yeah. ain't getting shit. I don't Correct. know what we're going to get. Yep. But generally, I just walk into it and have a couple things in mind that I want to get to. Me too. Yep. And, and that's just it. If we're hanging out at the bar and fucking A stumbles in with Steve Brown, who we know, am I going to go up to Ace and say to him, what got you like started in music? Because you know what would happen if you ask somebody that question? Yeah. Two seconds into their answer, you're already not listening. You're already bored. You're like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. That doesn't interest me. Nope. I want to ask Ace, Ace, holy shit. When you switch from Peter to Eric, things like that, like, were you like, oh, God, this guy's so much better. I wasn't going to have that conversation with Peter. I mean, with Ace, because we didn't get to that point. We only had no, a certain amount of time. I know what you mean. Yeah. But, like, I want to ask him stuff that's, you know, that's interesting to me. I want to hear the answer to that. Right. Not. No, let me just set it up and do this and that. And blah, blah. Well, like when he, when Ace made a joke about Phantom of the Park, and I I went back to go, wait, 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 wait. you like that movie? Like I want to hear when, when are you going to yeah, ever get an when are you ever going to get an original member of Kiss to talk about Phantom of the Park, even if it's one or two questions? I'm not letting that get by. That's the kind of fun shit that we want to hear, and we know that you guys too. Not like. How's your new Gibson guitar sound? No one cares. It sounds great. Yeah. It's ace. I'll leave that for fucking guitar magazine, you know, exactly. um, uh, interviews with him because right. that's for tech heads. Right. That's not for us. Right. Anyways, moving on. Ronnie Bacharski, dudes, you've reached the cream of the cock. Oh God. Here he goes. I love it. Congratulations on getting ace. That was by far my favorite episode yet. And probably the best ace interview I've heard since Tom Snyder. The best part, we got lovable Uncle Ace as he was getting back to us as of late, as opposed to Peepaw Ace, who doesn't know why he, his pants get shited 
<laughs> while he watches oh, Hogan's hero reruns, whatever mixture they got him on now, it's working. This was both refreshing and hilarious. Ace is back, and I told you so. Love it. Ryan Katanji Brown, Jackson, fucking (laughs) Tommy Barrett, Clinton, Rodham, Kulik, fucking Lane, Simmons, Tweed, Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy, Nimrita, (laughs) fucking Haley. It may be weird to say. But as an early fan of Shout It Out Loudcast, I'm proud of what you guys have accomplished with this podcast. I'm guessing a goal was to get a lot of great guests, but maybe the ultimate goal was to get an original member on. And you fellas did it. You guys have done so much, and you did it by being yourselves and never changing, no matter who you've had on. Congratulations. This was an extremely fun interview and everything I was hoping it would be. Ace is hilarious. I swear there were times when Ace was talking I thought it was Zeus. So <laughs> when's Gene coming on? You guys rock. Um, you know, I'll speak for myself because I don't want to put words in Tom's mouth. Comments like this makes those fucking nights where I'm like, oh, like the other night on uh Tuesday night, I had our episode done, but I forgot to do the whole upload and put the description. Tom had already gone to bed. I usually run it by him. Yep. And I'm just like. Like there are times I have to do research. I have to look stuff up. I don't want to fucking review this shit. I don't want to do this stuff. The work that we put into it. Yep. A comment like that. Just that one little comment makes it all worthwhile. Mm, Totally. So you have no idea. Ryan, Michael, Ramaswamy, fucking Kulik Lane. Michael Scott. All how much comments like that are appreciated. And all of your comments, not just his, yeah, all of them, even the ones that are like, want to give us a kind of a critique, but it's in the right, like they have the right meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Like it, we appreciate it guys. I mean, it's, it's amazing because still to this day from day one, I feel like this is our show, not me and Tom I'm oh, yeah. talking loud casters. This is our show. Yep. So the guys that have been there from the beginning, the guys that are jumping new, the ladies that were our original fans and listeners to the current ones now, this is us. We've accomplished this. Yep. Not us, me and Tom. And especially we, for the and especially the especially the people that have been there since like day one. Like you guys have been on this five year journey with us in the you know, Hall to, of Famers, yeah, the fucking exactly. Jack Pinocchios. <laughs> the fucking uh yep ryan michael i'm not gonna do his name again all over it right but uh, joe decker's all these guys amazing yep we did this we got him on our show yep not me and tom show our show mm-hmm. anyways going back to a couple more comments here 
Uh, Dan O'Halloran, exceptional interview, fellas. Lots of great laughs on both sides. This has a better flow than even the Eddie Trunk interviews he's done. Oh. He's pres- he is present. He's cracking great one-liners. What a get for Shout Out Loudcast. You should be insanely proud of yourselves. This is benchmark stuff. Legends with legends. Love it. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you. Josh Smith. The genuineness of this interview is fantastic. So proud of you guys on landing an original member. Uh, finally, one moment that had me cracking up was around the 50-20 mark. Ace is like, I had a, uh, what's the word? Uh, I forget. And Zeus goes, that's all right, man. It's so genuine <laughs> that all I can think is Zeus thinking, yeah, dude, we know you can't remember. Yep. Fantastic episode, fellas. Yeah, I mean, it's Ace, and we're watching him on the video screen, and he's yeah. like, ah. Struggling uh, to find the word. He yeah, can't do it. We know it. I mean, there can't be that much dead air. Let's just move on. Yep. It was uh, surreal to say the least. John Kozis, another great interview. You guys are on a home run streak with these interviews. I'm happy for Ace. It looks like he has good people behind him now. Mm-hmm. Social media manager, record label, and Steve Brown. He needs to keep his Greek lady away from his phone. It was good <laughs> to hear this point of view on how things are with Kiss. Seems to be personality clash with PS. Yeah. But then he'll be bipolar about it and be like, I love Paul. I told him, I got your back. <laughs> You're like, yeah, fuck him. He's a phony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> phony. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Trickster chimes in, a.k.a. Steve Brown. Yep. Thanks for having me. And who is Joey Caserta again? <laughs> uh, Mike Throne. It's been a great listening to your show over the years. So much development and growth. This episode must be such a proud achievement. Congratulations, TNZ. Uh, Ronnie Cox. Best episode yet. I've listened to them all. I'm glad he has people like Steve around him. I like the story about Bruce helping him. Great stuff by everyone. I'm going to jump on this point. Yep. Um, Tom and I have been talking about this. And I, you know, we actually even said this to Steve off the air. He may be the reason why we're getting this ace lately. Oh, totally. Yeah, of course. Right? Yep. This cognitive, funny, like smiling, cracking jokes. Yep. Ace. Than where he was before. I agree. Oh, Steve it's... helping in his career. This is the ace we all want and love. Oh, yeah. Steve's like the ace whisperer right now. Totally. Do you, do you guys remember what it was like about three, four months ago? With oh. head down, fucking doing meet and greets or people bitching that he basically wouldn't even fucking acknowledge them. You mean like looking the ones like, we had? Like looking like he fucking is on a cocktail of God knows what. Yep. This ace. Is fucking the old lovable ace. Yep. It's um, awesome. So fantastic. I'm, uh, you know, I, I got to give kudos to Steve. Yep. Agreed. Al Korf. Holy shit, you guys. What a score. I can tell Ace is having a good time with this because you guys don't ask the same old tired questions. You use your humor to make the guests feel comfortable. You got the spacemen laughing with that cackle we all love. Congratulations on bagging the big one, fellas. Thank you. <laughs> Over on our loud casters group page, Raven Gallus says, are you kidding me? Ace on shout out loudcast. Oh my God. The reason why you kiss are there is a reason you guys are the number one kiss podcast. Congratulations, boys. Thank you for that. Raymond. Thank you. 
Michael Murphy adds amazing. The Vinnie Vincent segment was priceless. Oh my God. I, I, I had to, we had to go there. Had because we knew we, he would just be so unfiltered, and he certainly was. We will release the video at some point. We might, yes. we might do them in clips. Yep. The guy's just going to be across from us when he's like doing the hand gestures, showing a little guy. Oh, there he is. He's down there. Oh. Like, oh, he's just, oh, when he didn't know, when Steve was like, yeah, you coat road coming, Amer- coming home. Oh, America. I did. <laughs> and then he starts rolling his hands as though he's crazy. doesn't remember anything. That's the thing. You think hearing Ace is funny? Wait until you watch him and see him. Guys, there are so many times. Yeah. Conversation where me and Tom are like fucking kind of laughing at each other, looking at each other. Oh, my God. Ace is like under, looking underneath his chair. He's fucking with his oh. phone. He's, yep. It's like a child sometimes. It was fucking hilarious. Yep. John Whiteman. Wow. That was great. I caught a couple of top notch shouting out loud cast Easter eggs in quote in the interview. <laughs> nice. Hoping that the Ace really shed box edits out soon. That was a fun listen. I hope you can have Ace back. I think it would be hilarious to hear you guys talk to him about literally anything. When the when Genghis Khan cast starts, I'll be the first on Patreon's Laura tier. I'm thinking the tiers will be Jeanette. Rachel Gordon's Vinny's second dead wife and Laura. Oh, God. Yeah, he date, he married my ex-girlfriend. I think she dead. Killed herself drinking. Yeah, then I was like, okay, let's move on from that. Like, where do you go from there? Derek Rolando. Rolando. Rola- oh, oh, no. oh no. it's a good <laughs> It's Elon. It's Elon will show you. Oh, let me tell you, I'd show Elon in a big way, honey. Anyways, proud of you guys, happy for you guys, and proud to be a loud caster. Thank you. I was beaming from ear to ear the entire time I was listening to the episode. The energy from Ace is still infectious. And what great is you guys helped put Ace in a positive light. After all the negativity in the press had soured my feelings, it's amazing to hear the fun, lovable Ace again. Still a trout hero. I think I might even take those Origins cassettes out of the plastic today. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to fucking tool on Ace or shit on him. I don't want to shit on Paul Stanley either. But don't do shit that makes us want to shit on you. Or 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 crack jokes on you. Look, Ace is always going to be that guy with the fucking slurry fucking voice. Ow. Yep. And yep. Paul is always going to be fucking pandemic Paul these days. It is what it is. Um, but you know, w- w- cut down on the stupid shit and be uh, at least let's have the fun stuff. Anyway, Josh Brown. So, how did you all throw your voices that quickly to do Ace and you guys together? <laughs> TNZ and all serious what an awesome hilarious interview it's so amazing to see you two get an ace interview for yourselves and us talking yeah. about the 78 solo album being the benchmark for an ace record shout it out loudcast is the benchmark for kiss podcast period I love that we poke fun at ace and everything but at the end of the day you can be a fan you can have a conversation with him about music perfectly said Josh thank absolutely. you absolutely you nailed it Thank I you, won't buddy. spoil any of the show, but the episode was absolutely hilarious from beginning to end. The shed. God damn. Ha ha. This might be the best episode you've ever done. Well done, guys. Well fucking done. I love the fact that the Easter eggs, everyone's saying that, from yep. Shout It Out Loudcast, bled into the interview. So, so good. 
lastly, long live chef salami tits. <laughs> I wonder if that's Josh. Is he chef salami tits? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody is. Oh, we got a fantastic long post here by Sean. Sean, we, Dahan can't get it. It's way too long. I'm oh, yeah. Sean, thank you. We, we read that. We read that. Yep. Uh, Russ Tozer. Congrats, guys. I've listened to watch several Ace interviews for this album, and this is by far the best. I don't know how you guys do it, but you seem to able to make your guests feel like they're just shooting the shit with their mates. Ace came across as engaged, relaxed, and funny. Steve added valuable insights to this interview. Lots of laugh and just ripping a chat for the, from start to finish. Can't wait to see the video. Awesome job, TNZ. You smacked it out of the park big time with this one. Did he start that comment by saying several? Several. <laughs> I've watched several. <laughs> Thanks, I have buddy. several years of experience. All right. Joey, America's favorite realtor. We're back to that, Tom. Of course we are. Uh, Romanic. Top five shout out loud episode for sure. Not only is having an original member on the show an awesome testament of how you guys have built the show, but your interview style was and is absolutely perfect. You mm-hmm. make a lot of professional interviews sound like amateurs. A sounded engaged and interested in the conversation, which I don't always hear from him in other interviews. I'll be listening to the show more than once. On a side note, me, Josh Brown, Jack Pinocchio, we're, get, we're betting that the show was going to be an interview with Gene. We were close. Oh, and when A said that Vinny looked like someone's grandmother, I laughed out loud. <laughs> well, I like how loudcasters are uh, having their own like betting sports book on the side with what we're going to do on the show. I like that. Uh, the Greek Thunder from Down Under, Thanos Akrotides, gives us a nice long post, yep. too. Thank you, Thanos. Yes. Uh, this is the kind of comment we like here. And Scott Sunders. I'll be honest. I had very little interest in the record up to this point. Now I'm definitely going to be picking up just to show my support for Steve Brown. I hope that he continues down the road with Ace. He actually seems like a great guy and someone that generally wants to help Ace make the best music he can. Not Mm -hmm. just Leech that is looking to make their own moment in the sun via Ace connection. That was my big takeaway from this interview. Ace became almost an afterthought, which is rare. Great stuff as always, guys. Thank you. Um, I will tell you this. Having Steve on with the interview, I think helped a lot. No doubt. I think Ace was different than most. Steve is so interested and invested in this album. Yep. That it's infectious when you hear him talking about it. Very He's got his heart and soul and everything in this. So congratulations. And I and I'm happy for Ace because he's got somebody that's really interested in his career. Yep. You know? Yep. Agreed. Steve's awesome. Over on our Instagram page, Tom, that got fucking tons of shit, too. Yeah, awesome. Scott Zeppelin, you've made a lifelong fan in me after this interview, Steve Brown. So great to hear someone that clearly has passion to build Ace up and strive to really get the best out of him. Now I can't wait to get this record. Hopefully you become a repeat guest on Shout It Out Loudcast. He'll be back. Don't worry about it. Uh, Bulletproof Music 23 I think that might be Thanos I'm not sure Amazing and truly You did make this interview fresh and enjoyable Well done TNZ uh, Melander Philippe Great interview You made Ace feel comfortable Well done Joseph Collins Hell yes Tom and Zeus Junior Vintage That's Mr. Antonio 2005 Yep I've been listening since March 2021 He's an OG and you guys have always delivered the goods. Congrats on the landmark interview with Mr. Ace Fraley 
and Steve Brown. Ace was no holds barred and hilarious. Awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Over on YouTube. I like it like that. Holy shit. Greg Broderick. Silly little safe. LOL. <laughs> Pretty boy Floyd MS. I cannot believe you guys got Ace and Steve on your show. I loved every second of it. Thanks so much. The greatest interview to date. Mm. Marty White, congratulations on this one. I'm glad you kept it secret. I remember chatting with Paul in 78, asking him how he came up with the title Move On from one of his songs on his solo rec. He said it was something that after Ace recorded a good solo in the studio, Paul said some people like red wine, some people like a little OJ in their pasta, but we never wanted Ace to feel important. So after he recorded a solo, we'd say, okay, that's done. Let's move on. We didn't want anything to go (laughs) into his head. It's important to keep people guessing. (laughs) I I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mark Ibrahim. Hello, TNZ. Well done, guys. Proud of you both. Love that. A lot of people saying proud of you guys. That was, that's, that really was, uh, that was really nice to hear from a lot of people. That meant a lot. Appreciate that. Guitar gods unite. Congrats guys. Glad you got to talk to Ace. But on the other hand, I feel like the interview didn't ask any tough questions or hard questions at all, which I understand would be hard to do for an idol of yours. It's not the fact of he's an idol of ours. It has nothing to do with that. It's the fact that you don't do that to guess. You don't sandbag them. And what do you mean? Tough questions, hard questions. I'm not, he's not on here so I can fucking like go, gotcha, Ace, gotcha. No, and, and I specifically, and, and I went after, well, I take that back. I shouldn't say I went after him, but I said, hey, you know, it's been two months since the end of the road. Where do you stand right now? What's your relationship with Paul and G? I, you want to leave it open ended because I want him to kind of go off. I'm not going to, like you said, it's not going to be like man on the street, be like, hey, Ace, uh, I heard you say this about Paul. You know, like he, Ace probably doesn't remember what he had for breakfast. So a lot of these questions have to be, generally speaking, with a topic that he can kind of grasp onto. You also got to realize you're under a time constraint. So you have questions you want to get in that you don't know you're going to get them in. So you want to get those in automatically. That's top of your list. Get your questions that you want to ask. Yeah. And I, and I also want, yeah. And I want to piggyback again, too. There, there's no hero worship here. Yeah. We love Ace. We're kissed diehard since we were like little kids, but it wasn't like. If if we were hero worshiping Ace, you would have heard us that with those questions, like like you said, "What's your favorite guitar? What's your favorite fucking what?" You know, like I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, there are people that this. I'll, I'll give you an example. It, Lars, Lars annoys me more than anything because he really was always fucking being a wise ass and a dick to all the what's considered hair metal bands. Hair metal. Yep. If we got Lars on this show, you think I'm wasting my time? To piss him off and ask him stupid shit about that. Yeah, do you or think it would be like hey. songs like about fucking uh, Enter Sandman or, or or Fade to Black or something? Ride the Lightning out. Well, you're not going to ask him about why he why he threw a dart at Kip Winger. That's more important, Zeus. Yeah, that's I'm, more important. I mean, if I had time, I would ask him, but I wouldn't ask it in a dick fashion. Correct. You know, there, there's just certain things. So something like that. I'll, I'll listen to God's guitar, God's United, you know, whatever. I don't think we didn't ask him tough questions, but he's not on our show. We're not fucking. This is hard copy tonight with Ted Koppel, whatever fucking Ted Koppel. You, what was his? It wasn't hard copy. What was his show? Who? Morty Povich? <laughs> not Mort Kondracki. Mort, oh, Mort Downey Jr.? <laughs> 
Nightline. Wasn't Ted Copper's uh, uh, yeah. Nightline? Yeah, but this is Ted Koppel. Yeah, but what's He's the break? Really? It's been noted that you used to use narcotics. Tell us about it. Like, but but Zeus, isn't there other breaking news that Ted Koppel needs to report on? What did buckwheat? That oh, is that it? Yeah. I repeat, buckwheat <laughs> has been shot. You love that. <laughs> you love that so much. Breaking news: buckwheat has been shot. Um, and they show the clip of him like really being like shot. Yeah, about the funk. This is big time, boys. Good job, cheap trick fanatic. Yeah, he's sober. Yep. Oh, oh boy, dude. Come on, that's rough. <laughs> uh, see, I know we would make comments and suggestions that he probably wasn't earlier. This ace, he's not on anything that's not helping him. I'll tell you that. This ace is cognitive in a fucking yeah. great mood. Whatever cocktail they have him on now is working. And so we also have a couple of comments. I'm not going to give them the oxygen that they want. No. Uh, that were kind of taking a couple of their shots at us. And that's all right. We, we, oh, that's we, fine. We can it handle it. But one of them is saying, yeah, you know, you guys were fanboying a lot. I don't think we were fanboying. I, I didn't. I didn't feel like we were fanboying at all. Yeah, and then someone's asking us why didn't we ask him again about Laura and his social media and shitting on Steve and his stuff with Paul and we have Ace in front of us. What else are we going to talk? Are we going to sit there and go? Oh, I think Paul Stanley's better than you. I think Paul's right in your fight with you. Like, come yeah, on, and, and are we supposed to be like? What are we supposed to say? Hey, Ace. Uh, We've seen some clips of you performing on stage on, on YouTube and stuff. It looks like you don't know what you're doing. And by the way, why is your girlfriend taking all the, like, wh that's what you think this is going to yeah. be? Why didn't we ask him about his live performances? And just, it's just nonsense. And then somebody else comes in. Well, why don't you guys talk to him about Paul? You know, Paul's a gay man. And this, uh, dude, what the fuck is the wrong fuck with is the matter with you? Again, take Zeus's advice from like a hundred episodes ago. Go on YouTube, learn how to do it. Grab a fucking microphone, hit record. And when you get ace, you can ask him why you don't like all this stuff and then come back and report to us how much future you have left in your career as a podcaster. Go do that. Yeah, it's just so I look at it as this, Tom. There are certain people that wish that we asked them because in their mind, these are questions they want to know. So they're being like, you know, good job. But I wish you asked them about this. That I like because I get it. That's your personal thing you wanted to know. And the closest thing that you finding out was. You listened to the show. You were hoping we'd ask him that. I understand that. And, you know, it is what it is. But then they're just people. You know what I look at is it's just haters. Oh, yeah. It's they social can't, media bullshit. can't it's be same, happy yeah. for anybody else because they want to know, like, for them, they don't understand. How did you do this? I, I could do a better job. I can just do this. And then do I would have asked God, them this. God bless you. You have all you have every blessing in the world go do it and i hope it works out well for you and i hope you get the questions answered that you want to ask good luck yeah and then you get and a lot of it has to do with whether you're on team paul or team ace guess what we're on we're on team loudcasters we shit on everybody yeah. when they deserve it and we're not going to sit there and have anybody on our show and then shit on them right to them and be like ah we're fucking cool it doesn't no. work that way, guys. Uh, no. We're lucky to have Ace on. As if you heard the feedback that we have so far, it's fucking fantastic. And 
I want us all loudcasters and part of the family, all of us, to enjoy this big uh, monumental experience that we've all had together of having yep. Ace on our show. So, yep. Tom, I'm going to turn it over to you for emails. All right, let's wrap it up here. So we got a ton of emails here. Let's. Uh, I'm going to read a few, but I want to give a shout out and a thanks to the emails that we got from Trent Bally, Baden McLeod, Johnny Garza, West Beach, Gary Cap, Costa, Stephen Wood, Patrick Butterworth, uh, AJ White, uh, just... Uh, Party Man, Mike H, just great stuff. I'm just going to read a few here. This one comes from Rick Hickey. Guys, the episode with Ace and Steve Brown was beyond amazing. Throw me on the pile of musicians inspired by Ace to stop playing guitar when we were kids. You can also count me among the Legion of Loudcasters who say you guys have, without question, the best Kiss podcast out there. Light years beyond what all the others are doing, thanks to your brutal honesty and humor. This most recent episode is exactly what you guys deserve for all the hard work and dedication you bring to the enterprise. Congratulations and thank you both for what was probably one of the best ACE interviews I've ever heard and that I will believe will go down in history as one of the best he's ever done. I feel like you guys knew exactly how to draw some more thoughtful responses out of ACE instead of his usual one-liners and threadbare punchlines. Steve Brown was gracious and eloquent too. Frankly, it was obvious those guys appreciate a real interview opportunity and not the usual showbiz bullshit. I feel like this is a longer letter later scenario because I know I'll be thinking about this episode for a long time and, of course, listening to it again and again. This card-carrying ace cult member can't thank you or congratulate you enough. Bravo, gentlemen. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Rick. Appreciate that. Uh, James Gorman. Hey, Tom and Zeus. Want to send my personal congratulations on finally landing an original KISS member on your show. You have worked so hard and long to create this amazingly successful podcast that has rightfully deserved its spot at the top of the list of must-listen shows for KISS fans. Your dedication and tireless work ethic has truly paid off in spades. I know you will never rest on your laurels, but I hope you take the time to sit back, take it all in, and revel in this incredible accomplishment. Your interview of Ace and Steve was not only endlessly entertaining and insightful, but dare I say was head and shoulders over any recent interview I've heard with Ace, including those done by the great Eddie Trunk. You struck a perfect balance of being respectful without overly indulging in foot rubs, while also allowing Ace to be Ace and getting his honest opinions on the current state of the original band and the debacle of the Avatars. What a, what an amazing feat. Huge congrats, James. Oh, James, thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate that. And let's get to a few more here quickly. This comes from Mike Slowick. I can't believe my two best friends, even though you don't know me, got to talk to Ace. It's like we found our first porno mag. I'm too excited to even listen. I've just been looking at the title of the episode and knowing that true audible ecstasy is just a click away. I must find a special time and place to listen, but that hasn't revealed itself yet. A bag of cashews and a fountain cola, maybe in the bathroom with the door lock for old time's sake. This is truly special. I can't wait. What would my kiss life be without friends like you two? Yeah, I know. Lonely. We wanted the best. We got the best. The hottest kiss podcast in the world. Shout it out loudcast. Woo, that's a great one. And we'll finish up emails with one from Gino Dvorak. Wow, what an awesome episode. I usually listen to your new episodes on Mondays while I'm at work. So halfway through my shift, I pulled up SIOL, and when I saw the title of the latest episode, I just stood there saying out loud at least three times, no fucking way. I couldn't wait to hear it. As usual with the show, I wasn't disappointed. I've got so much to say, but I'll try to keep it short. 
It was great hearing you both interact and laugh with Ace and listening to him talk about Vinnie Vincent had me laughing hysterically. Steve Brownlee seems like a great guy that is definitely a positive thing in Ace's life. When he was saying that he'd love to hear Ace do a version of Coming Home and Ace saying he didn't think he wrote that, Steve replying, you did! Combined with you two laughing had me doubled over and holding my stomach. SIOL continues to be my favorite podcast and I don't see that changing Thank you for all the great shows and keep up the good work, Gene. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. That's emails, but we're going to wrap up feedback right here with a Facebook DM from Brian Gray. Hey, guys, it's me, Brian Gray. I just finished the Ace Freely interview. You guys really, really nailed it. I know I don't write very often, but when I do, it's because I'm so entertained by your interviewing skills and everything that I have to drop a note. I'm just going to paraphrase. I'm not going to hit all the things because you guys were there. You asked the right questions and you brought it and made him affable. You made him laughable. Again, you asked all the questions that we wanted to know when it was perfect. He seemed so coherent in the shit he said about Gene and Paul. I love you guys. Keep up the great fucking job. Yes, please. On the reality show for ACE. And I'm a huge Peter Chris fan. That's why I'm on the Catman tier of Patreon. But now I may have to rethink it and move up to the ace tier. Brian, fantastic. Love that. And of course, love that you're a Patreon. Thank you for that. And Brian, you are the comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. Like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. (laughs) That's awesome, Brian. Thank you so much for that. And Obviously, this was a long feedback. Yes. Let us indulge, people. This was just, for us, a special episode. And the feedback was just incredible. It's it's humbling. It's it 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 makes us proud. It it had you know, for us, we went a little bit overboard on the feedback, but I'm sorry. We're indulging. It's our show. And like you always say, Zeus, too, one of the reasons we do feedback is to kind of let the episode live on for another week. And with Ace, we have to do that in spades right here. So, yeah. 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 And uh, for us, too, it's a way for us to continue the conversation with you, the listeners. And if you guys could understand how much it means to us with all the feedback we get and the compliments and the we're proud of you. And, hey, I've been there from the beginning. Hey. Like there are so many people that live vicariously through this podcast that are just like, feel like they got ace on their show. And that's what we love. And, you know, to all those fellow podcasters and friends out there that sent us DMS that sent us texts. Thank you. It means a lot to us. We appreciate our friends that did that. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, us, we're not going to rest on our laurels. We're always trying to make this show bigger and better. So we're going to keep working at it. And Tom, one of the way we're able to do that is through Patreon. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And, and once again, we've got new Patreon members to thank. Love it. And this week, we're thanking Brad Sunday, joins as apropos Spaceman, and the longtime contributor, Adam Nirenberg, who joins as a Demon Tier member. Yes, Adam. Brad and Adam, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, 
it means a lot to us. The support that we get from Patreon is incredible. We're over 115 people right now in yep. on Patreon. It's fucking incredible. And that Patreon support is what makes us, like we said, work harder and try to give you guys the best show that we can possible. Uh, Patreon helps support us by financially contributing to the show. You can pick different tiers to help your financial contribution, uh, to pick the different levels you want to join. And through that, you also get perks from us, whether it be involvement in the show, polls, um, merch, uh, feedback. The, I mean, Patreon is there for you guys to give us a hand and help us. Okay. And we really want to give you guys something back as well to, to kind of thank you for doing what you do to help us out. And it's a, a great way for podcasts and other artists to continue to grow because guess what, guys? We ain't breaking the bank <laughs> doing this stuff, but it helps. It helps a lot and it helps us put in the extra time and the work and the preparation to make you guys get the best show possible. So thank you to Adam and Brad. We really appreciate your support. And if you want to support us as well and help the show continue to grow, please go to patreon.com, Patreon the app, or best place to go is shoutitoutloudcast.com, our website. And right on the landing page is a link there. It says Patreon, join the fun. Be part of the Patreon family. And I will tell you guys this. We're at the album review crew uh, pick. And the selections that Patreon people came up with this time, I cannot believe how happy I am. They've come up with some great picks. And that's going to be coming up sooner than you think. So be part of the fun. Support the show. Patreon for Shout It Out Loudcast. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much. Special shout out, of course, to the great Adam Nirenberg, who's always super active on Shout It Out Loudcast. It was our great Facebook group that has now broken 11,000 members. Amazing stuff. Thank you, guys. And, of course, Brad Sunday, thank you so much. Guys, Patreon is amazing. As Zeus said, everything that you guys do for the show, we can't thank you enough. And, of course, there's a lot that we like to give back. Sneak peeks on Thursdays about what's coming up. Friday voting and what we post for Flashback Friday. And, of course, voting in the album review crew, which right now the voting is going on great picks. And that's going to be coming up in the March album review that we do. And that's uh, your pick. So that's going to be fantastic. So please check us out on patreon.com search for us. or click on the Patreon link on our website at shoutitoutloudcast.com. Also, we have March madness right around the corner. Patreon always has a role in that. And we'll have you guys have a role in this one. This one is going to be pretty different this time. You'll see guys. Yeah. Very different, but very awesome for sure. Yep. So Tom, what we do next is we go over to kiss world. What's going on there. Uh, So it kind of goes hand in hand with our episode, the 50th anniversary uh, of the debut album, all the merch that dropped a lot of, uh upset people there because there was no box set but if you listen to our show we told you that no box set was coming you know because of what's going on with universal and paul and gene and the kiss catalog a box set's not coming and off the soundboard's not coming none of that's coming uh but what did come was some curious choices for merch 
including a beautiful picture disc that required you to buy a ridiculous jacket. What the Carmine made, Raguso <laughs> jacket? I, I mean, the big it, ragu? I mean, it was the Kiss Army version of like the Pink Ladies from Greece. The thing is just Lenny and Squeaky's fucking yeah. Yeah, and then a, a gold vinyl that required you to also buy a long sleeve shirt, which no, it's almost like they purposely did this so that they could limit the amount of people that would buy them. Because I think if they sold it just the picture disc, just the vinyl, the stuff would fly out. But again, the picture disc, even with the jacket model, sold out like twelve minutes, maybe gone, sold out, already being resold on eBay for like six, seven hundred dollars, ridiculous. Uh, but then, of course, the thing everybody's got talking about, and it's funny because we put it on our social media. Kiss is pushing it themselves on their own Twitter and Facebook, a banner that costs $1,500. I mean, this stuff is like insulting. It's ins- I mean, we thought the banner in New York City for $750 was a lot, but it seems to me that they said, oh, they'll buy a banner for $750? Fuck it. Let's make this one double. $1,500. And then, of course, the Batwing hoodie. I mean, what are we doing? Then, if, then these T-shirts that say "Get up and get your grandma out of here." Where are you going to wear that? I love Deuce. It's one of my favorite. I songs like that saying. Yeah, but where have, are you going to wear? You have wear a shirt. They have a they have the Kiss logo, like like two inches long, big, if that. Exactly. Right underneath, you can barely see it. Right. It, it looks stupid. It's placed in a stupid location, and right. it's tiny. Right. And then they released a cool black diamond T-shirt, and then. Spotify does this all the time with with bands. They do it all the time. There's an exclusive Spotify link. It's a black diamond hoodie. It's actually really cool. It's got the Kiss logo on a black diamond. There's a little bit of blood dripping off of it, which is stupid because Gene doesn't sing black diamond or whatever. Um, so, you know, that's that. And, of course, there's still rumors about something else coming out that's going to be super expensive and annoy the fan base. I don't know. Whatever. Um, that's the That was kind of the big thing that had people buzzing this week. Uh, our friend Paul Stanley had something to say in the magazine. Yeah, he talked about how it was getting frustrating making new Kiss records. He's talked about this before. So it's, it's so beyond stupid. So then nobody should ever fucking make another album according to the way you describe it. It's so yeah. stupid. Yeah, I don't understand it. I'm genuine. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that Alice Cooper's new album is great. Or that Aerosmith's new album is great, or that Rolling Stone's new album is great, or et cetera, et cetera. But at least they're putting out product. And like we always say, and especially Zeus, you say it, let us decide if we like it. Put it out there. Make it. You're a fucking rock band. Make the record, and then we'll decide if we like it. And I could tell you right now, KISS fans are gonna buy it. Is and isn't that all you care about? That we're gonna buy it? You don't care if we like it. You care that we're gonna fucking buy it. Yeah, and he was talking about like, you know, touring with Kiss, you know, and playing deep cuts. That doesn't interest me. But like playing fucking oldies songs with your other band, uh, Soul Station, that's engaging. That interests you for him. It does because it's selfish. It's a selfish endeavor for him. Think about it. Everything. Look, here comes the Paul bashing. I'm sorry. Everything he's saying is selfish. Playing deep cuts, it doesn't interest me. Well, guess what, Paul? You play deep cuts for the fucking fans, not for you. Yeah. Uh, new albums, it's frustrating. Well, guess what, Paul? New albums are for the fans, not for you. Soul Station, that's for you because nobody wants to fucking hear it. So go ahead and enjoy being selfish because you've been doing it for about 25 years now. Yeah. And, you know, the first part of that article is like 
five questions about his art exam and talking about Picasso's and acting like a big shot. And you can you tell, like, was, okay. Oh, absolutely. Pre- like, you're going to talk about this shit? Pre-selected questions. Yeah. I, I, you need to be bringing this up. And then they get into the stuff that the article, yep. which is what we want to hear, yep. doesn't appeal to me. Dude. Whatever, dude. Whatever. Fuck yep. him. I know. He's at the gym flexing. He looks good. He, looks actually, he actually looks great. He looks yeah, really he good. Doesn't have a sourpuss on his face either. But also, Tom, the big real news is when this episode airs, Ace's new album will be out. That's correct. And so believe it or not, I know these people. There was a, That was another one of the criticisms that we got. How come you didn't tell Ace that this, this album sucks? <laughs> like, first of all, I'm telling you guys, I have not watched those videos or really listened to much of his new album. After the episode ended, Steve was nice enough to send it to us. We'll review it at some point, and we'll talk about it on the show. We don't like to fucking spoil things. You know how we do things here. Yeah. So I didn't listen to the uh, the uh, the stuff. So I, I, what am I going to say to him? Oh, yeah? You like this? Well, it sucks. I'm hearing that fucking yeah. Frank from fucking Aunt fucking Beth's basement says that fucking terrible is. Hey Ace, we wanted to. Hey Ace, uh, welcome to Shout Out Loudcast. Uh, I'm Tom. That's Zeus. Uh, why does your new album suck? Yeah. Like if that's that's how we're gonna lead off the fucking interview. Uh, we heard we heard uh, Cherry Medicine. Uh, that song's kind of terrible. Can you tell us why you wrote such terrible music? Yeah. And why is your girlfriend in all the videos? Yeah, why is your girlfriend in all the videos? And why do you suck? Why does everything you do suck? That's what we should have done. I sound like fucking what's his name there, Suge Knight. If you want your producer. To be all in the videos. Remember yeah. that fucking? Yep. Yes. Is that the Source Awards? Isn't that the one there was like a shootout at the yeah, Source Awards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got no love for Snoop Dogg? Got no love for Death Row? Brace yourself, fool. <laughs> I brace myself? I need a knee brace. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> anyway, so... That's the other thing. Ace's album will be out. We'll review it. I don't know. I am hoping it's as half as good as Steve and the rest of them are fucking pumping this thing up. Uh, that's all I can say, but I'm not fucking saying, <laughs> hey, Ace, why does Anomaly suck? Well, and I do want to just preface this because we are going to do a review. Um, you guys have been listening to us for a long time, and I don't want anyone to think. That because we had Steve and Ace on prior to the album coming out, that that is going to have an effect on oh. our review. I just want to preface that Dude. now. If the album is good, the, we'll the, say it's good. Yeah. If the album is a painful listen, we will tell Dude. you that. The odds are not good that it's going to be a complimentary review when no. he's got song titles called constantly cute let me tell you this i think it served us well that the interview was scheduled prior to the release of the album oh yeah if we don't like this album we had ace on afterwards we would direct every fucking comment away from this album it it would have been bad it would have been bad yeah (laughs) oh god but we're hoping who knows we're hoping for the best yeah well with that thought let's go take a little bit of a break hey tom while i was gone it looks like you let Vinny. Take over the shed. I just found about 15 dead dogs in here. Is anybody going to take care of this shit? The whole whole fucking shed smells like dead dogs and feet and puke and shit. Oh, my God. 
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stephanie Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right, we're back. And uh, yeah, Zeus, you were on to something. That's why I got my buddy Scout locked up in the house here because uh, I can't have Vinny anywhere near my buddy there. That would have been terrible. Terrible. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, Tom, hook me up with the shovel or something. I got to bury these dogs. Fucking breaking my back. What the fuck did Vinny do? Give me a second, though. Those milk bones look terrific. Those look like the ones that are coated in peanut butter and cashew nuts. <laughs> This one's frozen solid. Do I still need to bury it? <laughs> what that was, that old Vinny and the dead dog storage unit that he had. That's just fucking bizarro. <laughs> Tom, we're going to talk about the debut album. It's the 50th anniversary of it, whether it's February 8th or February 18th. Fucking oh! the... I just picture fucking uh, James T. Kirk there, uh, William Shatner going, you guys have taken a small little band and made it a colossal waste of time. (laughs) These people that were putting up all these facts and magazine articles and Kiss was celebrating this on February 18th. So it couldn't have come out then. It had to have come out early. Fucking people, relax. Yep. Yep. (laughs) 
So regardless, it is the 50th anniversary, and we want to have a fun little conversation about that and obviously to extend our feedback from having Ace on. So, uh, Tom, what do you think of when you hear it's 50 years of Kiss, the debut album? Yeah, so just we we we've already reviewed the album, so this isn't going to be like an album review. I mean, we'll talk about you know its impact, etc. I mean, to me, fifty years is first of all anything that's fifty years old that feels relevant and fresh and not a relic, especially in music, to me is stunning. Now I know that in the common folk out there are probably like kiss oh yeah I, yeah i remember that but for like for us this is our thing and the album has been around for 50 years it's fucking insane and all these songs are still being played today they're on every compilation that you're gonna buy and they're on every live album that you're gonna buy and you know we always talk about how kiss is our band and sometimes it gets a little frustrating that when people talk about debut albums, this one is either not mentioned or kind of mentioned at the bottom of the heap. Uh, because I think in terms of longevity, I think this album has it all. You know, we can get into the specifics, you know, in a little bit. But, you know, first, you can kick off your kind of general thoughts on where you stand with it, too. 50 years. It It is a underrated debut album. It's funny when people talk about what's your favorite Kiss album. This album does not come up. It's not my favorite, but uh, but okay. So when we've done, what's your favorite Kiss album? How many people have come out and said the debut? Honestly, I think Murph. I'm not. I'm serious. I'm not joking. I, I know. I know this is his. Okay, favorite so album. we've had all those people. We've done the Murph questions. Yeah. Too. How many said the debut album? These are yeah. musicians. Yeah, and I think I think one of those things brings. I think that's also probably because of one of the biggest things that people talk about is the production, the sound. Okay, you know, but I so think the songs there, are undeniable. There are ten songs on the album. Yeah. Okay. Love theme from Kiss doesn't get any love. Nope. Kiss and Time really doesn't either. Let Me Know does land on some compilations and was played live for a little bit. I like it. Everything else was as well. Yep. So Strutter is considered a classic. Nothing to Lose is classic. Uh, Firehouse, Cold Gin, uh, Deuce, 100,000 Years, Black Diamond. And of those songs... 100,000 Years, Black Diamond, Deuce, Colgin, still played uh, all the way to the end of the road. Firehouse should have been there and Strutter too, technically. I mean, think of that. that How is, many other albums can put can do that other for than Destroyer? Uh, for other bands, I and mean, we haven't reviewed Destroyer yet, but the Kiss debut album has more classics than Destroyer. It's just, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. It just does. Yeah, because the the deep cuts on Destroyer, uh, Sweet Pain. Well, I don't know, Tom. Sweet Pain, Flaming Youth, Great, Great expectations. expectations. Made it to the fucking, a bunch of live different performances. Uh, Sweet Pain's the only one does it. Flaming Youth was still played live only a couple of years ago. Right. And that's made a couple compilations as well. I think it was a single. So if if you want to go that way, I mean, Shout Out Loud is still huge. Beth is still huge. Detroit Rock City is still huge. King of the Nighttown World is huge. God, God of, Thunder. of Thunder is fucking You're huge. right. That's fair. Um, I, and What's the other one I'm missing on side two? Do You Love Me. Uh, Do You Love Me is still fucking huge. No, so you're right. That's competing with this. But my point is, when you ask people, generally speaking, Kiss fans, name your favorite Kiss album. The debut album is is really the album that people pick 
it's it's overlooked constantly. And it's I wonder if it's one of those things where when you talk about a band like Van Halen's debut or Zeppelin's debut, I wonder if fatigue comes into play. No, where I'll pe- tell you where it is. Where, where people say, I love these songs. I love these albums, but I don't need to hear these songs ever again. For I'll the most explain part. to you where it is. Go you ahead. Know what the killer is for this? Alive. Alive. Oh, I agree. Yes. Everyone likes the alive versions of these songs better than this. Not me. Most people do. No, I know. I know. Okay. I know. So when you say rock and roll night, people don't play fucking t- bring up Distress to Kill. People don't. Distress to Kill is not a classic album out there. It's not. And it has rock eh. and roll night on it. It's not. People don't fucking pull that out. They pull out alive. When you think of rock and roll night, you think of the live. When you think of garbage, you think of a key. You think of a key, right? But when no, you but think of these songs, you think of live versions of these songs. You're right. No, you're and, right. You're, and the production, and that, and that, and this makes it sound like, oh, these are the early, almost like this is almost the demo of these songs. Right. But see, that pisses me off because do I like the live versions on a live? Yeah, of course I do. Who doesn't? But I'll tell you right now, I might be on a, I might be on an island. You are. I fucking love the slow studio version of firehouse on the on the on the debut album. i love that version oh, now i have a problem with you i think you're right i, I mean the, the, i mean the live version of deuce is fucking untouchable on a live but i love the studio version the live version of cold gin and live Nothing version to of lose, black diamond same thing i right. agree with you on all these things so but my 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 point is I think the alive versions of these songs make the difference that they give them more gravitas seriousness and people know those versions better. So they don't want to go back to the, what they consider bad production, early versions of these songs. And this album doesn't have that kind of love because those, these aren't the songs that the people mostly identify with. They think of the live versions. I, and I, I get that. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disagree, but don't you think the reverse could also be true? That the album is these songs are so good that you you can't you can't discount the source material you can't discount the debut album just because they sound so amazingly bombastic on a live doesn't mean that that should penalize the studio version of them no but it does it does, it does. that's why I, people don't say this album yeah uh, you're, prob- you're probably because right I'll, I'll be honest with you we've we've said this I think the closest thing that we've reviewed to a Perfect Kiss album for me so far is probably Dynasty. Yeah. Because every Kiss album, I'll find something like, yeah. Yeah. And that means see you in your dreams on rock and roll over. Then she kissed me on Love Gun. She kissed me. There's always that one or two songs. Even this one. Oh, you got fucking love theme. You got a lot of people don't like kissing time. See, I don't mind love theme from Kiss because I love instrumentals. Oh, I, I don't. I, I kiss and time's ridiculous. Just, that's, I mean, we know why kiss and time is there. That's yeah. That's, I I agree with you. Okay, but I'm just saying that all these albums they shouldn't be penalized for love theme or kissing time right. or things like that because every kiss album has that. Even the best of them, Creatures of the Night, is comes close to it. But I, I'm not a big fan of keep keeping coming. Well, we already said it. The big punchline for Destroyer is Great Expectations, but that it's, sounds it's like thrown a go- in there. It's like a goof. People almost like beloved. It's like beloved yeah. in a way because it's like a goof. Exactly. And so there's always something to hang your hat on. So but yeah. why is this one production? And I think Alive hurts this from people saying, 
Oh yeah, the yeah. Vo- like 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 Van Halen gets. Oh, Van Halen won. Right. It that's almost that's that that's a that's a lot of people's favorite Van Halen album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yep. And other people like other Van Halen, but it still gets that kind of love because Van Halen doesn't have a live album that's beloved as Alive and Alive Two is. Yeah. So, I want to take a look real, real quick. Just I just want to take a look at some of the bigger albums that came out in '74. So '74, you had the debut from Rush, which was very different because Neil Peart wasn't in the band yet. Um, you had Burned by Deep Purple. You had Pretzel Logic from Steely Dan. You had Second Helping from Leonard Skinner. Sheer Heart Attack by Queen. It's only Rock and Roll by The Stones. Rock and Roll by Judas Priest. On the Border by The Eagles. Get Your Wings. Aerosmith. Elton John's Greatest Hits. I mean, you had a lot. Music was kind of all over the place when this album came out. Yeah, for me, I think this album stands the test of time because these are still great rock songs. And it also has a fucking heavy song like Deuce on this album. I don't think the production is that bad. I think you bring up a good point in that when people hear Firehouse, they're not listening to Firehouse. They're listening to the live version of Firehouse and being like, I don't want to hear this. I want to hear and that. Here comes, here comes Gene blowing fire at the end. Right. Oh, I remember Firehouse from Alive. Oh, I remember Firehouse from the Mike Douglas show. Oh, I remember them doing it on Dick Clark. And I or, think the reason you know, why they're fucking yeah. things like that. Do you remember those versions of these songs? Right. And I think the reason why Kiss Alive 2 doesn't penalize all those other albums is because those other albums have Bob Ezrin and Eddie Kramer producing them. Exactly. So they sound awesome. So you have the best version of them right. at that point too. Right. So like he, when you hear Detroit rock city on destroyer, you're not like, oh, you know, this, this isn't that good. I like the version on, on Alive too. So who did the production on Alive? Eddie Kramer. Who did the production on the debut album? Yeah. Kenny Kerner and Richie wise. Okay. Are they going to produce a better version of those songs? And, Eddie Kramer? No. 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 And that's the other part to it. But that's so, always one of those things that we love to say that what if imagine if the Kiss debut album had the production of Rock and Roll Over. How many people learned these songs from Alive before they learned it from the debut album? I bet you more well, people learned the Alive versions than learned the debut album because the debut album fell flat. Well, but they learned this and then they go back and they're like, oh, "Okay, well, I want to bring that up because I know I'm sure we brought this up when we when we reviewed the debut album years ago, but my first exposure to all of these songs was Double Platinum. That when I got Double Platinum, that's when I first heard Strut, well, Strutter 78, but when I first heard Cold Gin and 100,000 Years and Firehouse and Dude, they're all on Double Platinum. And like most of us our age, we kind of went backwards. Like we were introduced to that second group of albums and then went backwards so i had i had heard them not live because i had double platinum and then when even I heard that them li- even that production is different from the production on yeah it's ve- oh yeah it's very different but it's because still that's not- sean delaney producing it correct and it but it's still not the live version but for like me the- when i got back as a like what i would say when i get into middle school side like in music again like yeah. and that what I would consider an adult mind to listen to these music, not yeah. the little kid that was five years old. So when I got back to it, I went to Alive before I went to the debut album. Yeah. So I learned them from Alive. Like I said, I believe the people learn these songs from Alive. 
than oh, the people that really got into Kiss as a debut band and then follow them through to a live. So because of that, there's not affinity or affection to the real uh, debut album. Just like because afterwards, when Destroy Me became big, Love Gun became, people bought those albums and knew those songs, then Alive 2 and Double Platinum came out. And this al- is the opposite. Well, and also, I mean, you could all Alive pretty much ruined all those first three albums because nobody talks about out of those th- three albums. Whenever we ask people what their favorite album is, if anything is going to be selected, it's dressed to kill. No one picks Hotter Than Hell because the production's unlistenable, and no one picks the debut album either from fatigue or because they prefer the live versions. So you're right. Those first three albums are all produced wacky. I mean, although I like the debut and I like Dress, uh, to, Dress Kill. to Kill was, I think, was a very good product. I thought Neil I do too. did a great job. I do on too. That. But everybody, but everybody loves the Come On and Love Me and Rock and Roll All Night and She. But on there's Alive. a lot of deep cuts on that that never made it to any compilations or anything other than Alive. Right, right, right. But you're right. I think as much as you say Alive ruined the debut album, quote unquote ruined. I think that Alive ruined those first three albums. Period. Yeah, you know, you know? I, I agree. If you think about it, what Kiss was doing in yeah. 74 with the makeup, with with you know the stage show, yep. and coming out with these songs, again, if they came out with shitty music, I don't give a fuck how good they were. I agree. Like their stage show. They they would never have made it. They this album without makeup or any of that show, just I can listen to this album. Straight through it has nothing to do with the makeup. No, nope. it has nothing to do with Gene breathing fire or Paul swinging through the fucking air. It's the music on this album. Think of a song that's ahead like, of everybody else. Think of a song like Deuce coming out in 1974. Okay, oh, absolutely. Think of that. Like that, and then you add the black leather, the makeup, the rawness. I mean, that's the danger. That's what I'm saying. And then 50 years later, here we are talking about them. I mean, that that's the testament of this album. I mean, it's it's such I mean, it's a cliche, but it's such a foundational album, not just for the band, but for like for rock and where American rock was and went. Okay. Yes. As a little kid, got we got into them. Yeah. Because as little kids. Because of the image and all the other stuff around yeah, of it. Course. Let's be honest. I wouldn't know the difference if you told me if you played, if they played Led Zeppelin music versus right. Kiss music, I was getting into them. They were playing like Pink Floyd music. Yep. Or if they were playing fucking like your favorite band, Sticks music, you'd still be into them because of the image and all well, that. They stuff. clarify to the listeners that I hate Sticks. They suck. I know. <laughs> I know you, you hate Sticks. My point is, as, as children, when we got into Kiss, if they were playing, fucking jethro tell music you would be into them the difference is their music is is my favorite music the fact that they can combine it with everything else just makes them so beloved to all of us yep that's the difference yep. so i know oh, the kisses are good, good they have the catchiest rock music that started back in 74 when they put this album. And if you think about it too, to make them even better badasses, they had a record label mm-hmm. deal. They had a record out. They could have went on it. They could have made some money. They could have done something and see how it goes. But Paul and Gene said, nah, this ain't it. This ain't yep. going to work for us. 
and fucking left the record and say left the fucking band and say we're on our own do whatever the fuck you want we're starting something different and they started this and put this album out go play this versus wicked lester what was out there do you know how much balls it takes to do that you had to pretty much pretty much quit your band get rid of everybody and say these songs this is bullshit this is like jethro tell bitch music right now we're not doing this no it's like okay Here's a job right out of college. You're making $50,000. We'll give you health insurance and this. And you go, I know I don't have anything right now, but I'm better than this. But I don't, I'm better I'm not than taking this. It. I, I, yeah, I'm not I taking this. it. Yep. They come out and they drop this album. Did it fucking, yep. you know, tear up the world and change everything? No, it didn't. But we go back to this and see who the foundation is. And we still love it for what it is back then and right now. Yep. It's still fucking kiss and i made the comment about this recently and i'm gonna make the comment to you guys now do you know what kiss is kiss is paul and gene of course and peter were part of the beginning and they're fan fucking tastic yep but guess what if Vinny and eric carr were there in the beginning kiss would still be huge of course Vinny and uh if bruce and eric singer were there Kiss would still be huge. Yep. I'm sorry. Kiss is Kiss because it's always been Paul and Paul Gene. Paul and Gene. No, of course. And anybody you, who thinks otherwise is fooling so themselves. One of the things I, I, you know, they get criticized for. Kiss did their rock music. Then they got into their disco phase. Then they got into their pop phase. Yep. Then they got into their like fucking fast kiss, hard, like animalized shit, almost thrash kiss. Yep. Then they got into their Bon Jovi phase. Then they got into their fucking grunge phase. It's still Kiss because it's Paul and Gene, the nucleus of what they do. Yeah. And you know what that happens when you put Kiss in the disco phase or Kiss in a grunge phase? They make good Kiss grunge music. They That's make right. good Kiss disco music. They make good Kiss pop music. It's still Kiss because it's still Paul and Gene. And I trust no one to make better music for me than those two. Unless the album is called Sonic Boom or Monster. Wrong. I'm just kidding. Those albums are still good to me. I don't give a fuck what you say. I still think they're great. But there's there's something else I want to talk about regarding this, but I want to save it because it's kind of relative to the question of the week that we have coming up. But go ahead. You you, you just No, but I was just going to say, if you go back, Ace came up and brought in Colgin. But you don't think if Colgin wasn't on the debut that Paul and Gene weren't going to bring in one of those other great songs from Hotter Than Hell? Of course. Okay, I love Peter. I love his voice. Yep. Okay, but they brought him in to sing. Okay, like they still would have these great songs without him. Again, I'm not minimizing Ace or Peter. Oh, I'm not. Fucking made them great. They're the foursome. They were probably the best version of Kiss. With the four of them were all together, putting in all their effort. I agree with that. However. They still would be Kiss and still be huge. Whether it's Benny from day one, whether it's Eric Singer from day one, or Eric Carr. I say it all the time. Or anybody else. I say it be Mark St. John. I say it all the time. Peter and Ace, especially Peter, was exactly the drummer that band needed at that time. Kiss could not have started their career with a drummer like Eric Carr or Eric Singer because they weren't hard rock slash metal. 
They needed Peter. Yeah, you can't. Eric Carter's not doing heavy metal in '74 because nobody was doing it then. But I'm just saying his style of drum. Keith Moon. Can you imagine Keith Moon and Kiss in 1974? No, that wouldn't have worked because musically he's just fucking fifteen thousand times ahead of the band. Nope. But he's also he's also a more bombastic hard rock drummer. You needed what Peter brought to get like the 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 groove of of strutter of deuce of you know fucking lover all i can or whatever you want to talk about anyways yes you're right it's paul and gene but ace and peter were there they needed to be there they were the best thing that that band needed and then you know the rest is history we don't need to rehash that but you're right but but so you uh, disagree with me then what do you mean because you're saying they needed to be there i don't think they need no 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 i'm saying for the side no i i didn't say they need if I said they needed to be there, I'm saying for the type of music that Kiss was making at the time, I think the drumming style of Peter and the guitar style of Ace. I mean, could it have worked with Bruce and Eric Singer? Yeah, maybe. But we don't know. We're never going to know. But I'm going to say that I don't think Paul, excuse me, Peter and Ace are necessarily interchangeable. The bottom line is it's Paul and Gene. That's what is not interchangeable. Yeah. That's my right. point. Right. I said right. those four are the best version of Kiss. But right. I think Kiss would have made it without those other two. Regardless, they would have made it. That, I don't know how much I'll have, agree I'm with saying, that. Well, I don't know how much okay. I'll agree with we that. We could disagree. Yeah. They yeah. would have made it just as much if there was Vinnie Vincent and Eric Carr in the beginning days of Kiss. I well, 100% believe it. Maybe. Because it's Paul and Gene in the end. And yeah. it's their songs. It's their drive. It's their vision of the band. And the other guys are great to help out as well. And they actually pitched in, which is a lot more than they did afterwards. And they both started being like, I'm not fucking doing this or I'm not there. And I don't need to be there for this and this and that. And they weren't fighting as an equal foursome. Now, the other thing that the other thing that's amazing about their career too, when you think about that debut album coming out in 74, you think it's almost like the Beatles or even like Zeppelin. You think of like these, these, these amazing catalogs, these amazing songs, these compilations, these live albums, these concerts, these tours. The fucking glory years of Kiss lasted less than five years. I mean, yeah. think of that. Think of that. They released from 74 to 78 or 79, what, seven studio albums, two live albums, a compilation, solo album, like just incredible amount of the volume of work that went into that that again it all started it all started go look at double platinum almost all of that debut album is on double platinum which came out five or four years after it came out they already had six albums under their belt when double platinum came out so that right there is a testament to the to those songs um but you're right i i, I think getting back to your original point unfortunately well unfortunately or fortunately i think alive did kind of crush those first three albums yeah uh but what Kiss put down, these songs have stand, stayed the test of time. They're, they're just phenomenal songs. And it goes back to, again, Paul and Gene, in my opinion. Yeah. And, I, and I get people thinking that it means you're minimizing the other two. No, I'm not minimizing them. I'm just giving credit because they've been through it, through all of it for 50 years. Mm-hmm. You take out Paul and Gene, it ain't Kiss. No, not even close. Not even right? close. But you can take out Ace, and you can take out Peter, and you can take out Eric Carr, and you can take out Vinnie Vincent, and you can take out Bruce Kulick, and you can take out any other members. It's fine. They'll find somebody to give well, Kiss, them the well, Kiss think about sound. It. Well, think about it. Kiss just wrapped up the end of the road tour 50 years. 
Ace and Peter were there for five of it. Or six of it, or however, whatever the exact date. If you really want to think about it, yeah, they were there for albums worth for five right, or six. Right. Years. And again, and again, I know that's going to sound like we're minimizing them. We're not. We just had Ace on last week, and hopefully we can have Peter on. But we're just speaking facts, and we know that Kiss fans don't like facts. 50 it years, is my is. friends. So it we're talking an overall picture of 50 years. Strutter, nothing to lose. Firehouse, Colgin, let me know. Kissing time, deuce, love theme from Kiss, 100,000 years, Black Diamond. Think of how epic Black Diamond is. Still closing out the regular part of the show. Yep. Deuce, the dance, yep. which you got to give credit to all this stuff, too. Sean the Delaney. Work, Sean Delaney and, and, and um, Neil Bogart and also, obviously, Bill LaCoyne. Yep. Those guys. And getting this album out and looking back now. It doesn't get as much credit as it should. No, it really doesn't. Nope. And as you said, love theme from Kiss. It's got its funny little shit. Let me know is still a great song. The first song they ever did together. I don't. I don't mind it. And I like Kissing Time. Three guys singing. I love it when they throw. It's true. I just think the cities. Like the the core. The core. Yeah, the chorus is just stupid, but the verses are kind of cool. Yeah, I I mean it's a rock and roll thing to name out cities and things like that. Yep. Uh, in all three versions, all three members singing at the time, saying a verse. It's just, to me, 50 years in this album coming out, and just to fucking slap you with a fucking stupid pinup for $1,500 yep. is how they want to memorialize 50 years. If that's the respect they give to this album, like, what does that say for us? Mm-hmm. Like, come on. I agree. I'm beyond disappointed. I'm not fucking going on a Facebook tirade about boycotting and fucking calling them greedy. Bat- like it's beyond that. But and, I, and I'm I and completely I completely disappointed. What, yeah, and I, how they and I honored did, this. Yeah, and I did bring up the whole thing with Universal and Paul and Gene, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm letting Paul and Gene off the hook. Paul and Gene fucked this up as much as Universal fucked it up. So yeah. that to to be deprived of a 50th anniversary box set of the debut album of the band that we love is reprehensible on everybody's part. Did, they, did the date sneak terrible. up on us? It didn't. Did right. the end of the road last concert sneak up on us? It didn't. Nope. Plenty of time to come up with something more creative. But I agree. Again, too busy fucking. Here's my Wentworth gallery. Ta- ask me questions about my art. It's hey, I got what I got at it from you guys to have this life, but you'll go along with anything I do. So fuck it. Just beyond disappointing. But as far as this goes, not many people can say their debut album is as good as this is. Go through the list of all our favorite bands. How many of them can lean on their first album like this? Not many. Not many. Guns and Roses, maybe Van okay. Halen, Zeppelin, Van Halen, Led Zeppelin can do mm-hmm. stuff like that. But is Bon Jovi leaning on his first album? No, I don't think so. Metallica can a little bit. They still play a lot of those classic songs from Kill 'Em All, but it's a different okay. sounding band. It's more of like a punk thrash band in that early album. Yeah, is White Snake going back and be like, "Oh, do you remember our debut album?" No. <laughs> yeah, nobody does. No, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so they're unfortunately. Uh, that's the issue, but Kiss does. Yep, and and I think this album should always 
be a testament to the greatness that they started off with musically. Agreed. Right? And plus, they did it with a fucking shitty album cover because what the fuck is on Peter's face? I like it. Uh, just. It's not better than what he went to, but I I, I like it. Oh. I like how it's just a white face and then the all black background and shit. I it's love just that. The, it's one of those things that you'll always regret. It's like that fantastic photo, family photo with everybody. But Timmy was in the bathroom taking a shit. And so everybody in the families yeah. looks great. But Timmy's missing, and you always remember that motherfucker had the shits, and he fucking ran to the bathroom, and he's not in this photo. That's the regret. It's like, oh, it's awesome, but uh. but, I love, but Ace Ace has the silver hair. I, I I think it's a fucking great cover. I love it. Uh, just fucking Peter's makeup is just fucking. All right, all right. So that's our discussion. Fifty years, the debut album. Yep. Um, we hope you liked it. And uh, what we do next is we go to question of the week. That's right. And question of the week is brought to everybody by the tax man, Tony Barone. That's right. It's tax season, baby. It's coming up. We got to get our taxes done here. And you want to call Tony Barone from abcpainc.com. He did my taxes last year. He did Zeus's taxes last year. And he will do our taxes this year. I got to get off my ass. I know it's me. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said it, not me. But go go to Tony's website, abcpainc.com. You'll get all the information there. He can help you out with any business needs, individual needs, tax prep needs. He can answer every one of your questions, and he can do all of your work in all 50 states. So you can do it all electronically. When I, I live in Massachusetts, he lives in Chicago. Scanned everything to him, emailed everything. Communication is fantastic. Go to the website. You can click on links there to call him, to email him, and get information on all the services that he provides. I'm telling you, Tony is the man. Check him out, abcpainc.com. Tony Barone, the tax man. Can he help me out with passport issues? I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Is he going to make it on Monsters of Rock? I don't know. Should have asked I think him. Somebody asked us that. They did. They did. Somebody <laughs> sent us a DM. Be like, hey, is Ace going to be able to make it on Monsters of Rock if he has passport <laughs> issues? Like, I don't know. Ask Sebastian Bach about that. Woo. So our question of the week is loosely related to uh, the 50th anniversary debut album, or at least for me it is. And it comes from Andrew on Facebook. And he says, guys, you've been doing the show for about five years now. Has any of your eras that you love of Kiss changed since you started doing the show? For example, when you started the show, were you a fan of Destroyer? And now you really love the Revenge era or vice versa. Zeus. Yeah, I would say that uh, those 1980 to 82, 83 era of Kiss with the Eric Carr and Ace version uh, of Kiss in there. So you're looking at Unmasked through uh basically eh, somewhat of creatures that was a kind of a forgotten era for me yeah and okay. i didn't even really get into the elder i didn't like i listened to it uh, yep. i never really listened to unmasked but this was all like finding oh my god finding a lost treasure that uh, i started getting into and i started loving and starting to appreciate it because that is an era where a lot of songs if you find any bootlegs are songs that do not ever get played they weren't played before eric joined the band and they weren't played afterwards so yep. 
that is a fun new discovery for me that I got into and I really enjoy and I like looking for albums and um, concerts from that era. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. I think a lot of people appreciate that kind of lost era, quote unquote. For me, it was always Love Gun and Dynasty. It was always late 70s and then kind of turning into that era that Zeus just talked about. But since we've been doing the show, talking about the show, and especially since I started getting a kick with vinyl and bootlegs and stuff, I am obsessed with the very, very early era of Kiss. The 74-75 era of Kiss. The costumes, the makeup, the live performances, the bombastic performances, the rawness of the band, the way they looked. Like, to me, skinny Gene is fucking terrifying. Yeah. I, I, I think he is such a menace. I used to think that there was nothing better than, like, Love Gun era Gene, and that will always be my favorite. But looking at, like, Batwing skinny Black and white face paint gene and and you know we talk about the Winterland concert like so that that era of the band I've really 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 gravitated towards especially since we started the show because it was like I said it was always Love Gun and Dynasty those are my two favorite albums but I love that stuff but if, if I was gonna go somewhere else I would probably jump on what you said Zeus that kind of lost era of Kiss that we talk about the music the costumes and just the transitional kind of style of the band at that time but. That's a great question, uh, Andrew. Appreciate it very much. And again, if you're interested in getting your tax needs taken care of, go to Tony, the tax man, Barone, abcpa.com. He sponsors our question of the week every week, and he is the man. Tom, where can people find us? Always go to our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. That's where you can find everything you need, all of our episodes, shoutoutloudcast, dorm damage, album review crew, Zeppelin Chronicles, you can comment on everything right from the website. We get those in the form of an email, so that's kind of cool. You can check out all of our rankings, pictures of all the cool guests that we've had on our show, and click on all the links for our social media, links for our Patreon. And again, thank you to all of our amazing Patreons. You guys are the best. You can click on the link there. Amazon Shopping, our merch. Get yourself some cool Shout Out Loudcast merch. It's all right there. And, of course, please send us emails. We love those. We read them all. Shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And, of course, social media, we're very active. Please make sure you're following us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Check us out, please. And we always like to say that we're a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network of Shows. Tom, people can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're also on Threads, TikTok. And our Spotify playlist, which we're constantly updating. Tom's told you guys many times how to find us. Make sure you look at profile, not the podcast. Yes. And then you'll find our playlist from a lot of our episodes. It's a lot of fun. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which has gotten a shit ton of views lately. Thanks to all those great uh, articles written about our interview with Ace. We appreciate that. And give us one of those five-star child reviews. So all the great guys that and gals that gave us these compliments. Yep. Love it. Feel free to go on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever and give us a five-star review. That's a great help to the show. Moves us up the food chain. So if you can do that and then let us know that it's you, we'll certainly read it on our show and give you a shout-out as well. And uh, please, we always ask that you email us at shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com, and our website where you can get everything. 
from Shout It Out Loudcast. That means our Amazon store. That means our merch where you can get Ace Cult t-shirts, which outsell the Shout It Out Loudcast shirt and a lot of (laughs) other fun shirts out there. Um, You can also go and see our rankings, see all our episodes, big, huge screen, so you can kind of see everything and pick an episode you want to listen to. Tons of great fun on the website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. What we always like to do is end on famous last words. Tom, do you have any? Oh, yes, I do. She can move you and improve you with her love and her devotion, and she'll thrill you and she'll chill you, but you're headed for commotion. Come on, Charlotte. Wake up, San Diego, Milwaukee, Miami. Put your lips together and kiss. Nice. Tom, Loudcasters, Kiss Army, Patreon members, thank you. Guys, you're the best. Thank you so much for all your support. Crank up this album. Enjoy it. Have a blast. This album deserves it. And so do you. Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Hit the music. What I'd like now is for all you fat, out of shape, worldwide kiss cards to keep the noise down while I show your ladies what a real sexy man looks like. Listen, all you people out there sitting on rented furniture, settle down. Cut the music. Anybody seen Richie? Anybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.